<laughs> yeah, you are already here with the Tech for Africa podcast. You are. We are just in <laughs> some kind of mood. We are just in some kind of mood today. Man, Bolu, me, I'm looking for how to start meeting NFT Zoo. That article <laughs> that you did, I have to go and sit down and go and read it. Yes. How to start meeting NFTs? Like seriously, what yes. is going on? So. <laughs> People are cashing like, out like cashing out serious, serious cash out serious cash out yeah like and that, that yeah you know uh, the story about the uh coffin pole bearers that sold their meme for over a million dollars i think that was absolutely absolutely crazy a million dollars crazy you. Yeah, I don't think they even made up to that amount with the job they've been doing like for the past how many years since they've been doing the coffin beer. Like it's, I doubt it's it really too. crazy. And then there like was even a a picture of a drummer, right? A yes, a yes. That that also sold out. Someone took a picture yeah. of a talking uh, a drummer and then NFTs put minted it as NFTs and sold out. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like I think he made yeah. nine hundred and seventy dollars or so. Wow. wow all of I this is just over the weekend yes 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 i think it's uh nft weekend there was a lot, <laughs> NFT about, <laughs> there was a lot about nfts during the weekend you know I, I, and like me i was I, I was also thinking to myself you know i have some you know pictures of my grandmother you know <laughs> the pictures of our old family house in lagos <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should find, you know, and it's really crazy. And you know, some one thing that really, uh, you know, that really struck me about your story was a lot of people were wondering, okay, how does this meme that I have on my phone that we all have, how is this selling for over a million dollars? Like, what, what, why is it so valuable? And I think it's, you know, it's a very important question to 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 answer. And you know, it also goes to show that. You know, as much as, you know, people are really cashing out on NFTs, a lot of people still don't, you know, fully understand what mm. NFTs really are. And yeah. I think, the, yeah. So I think the best way to just explain it is for people is to understand that, you know, it's really not the meme it's itself, you know, that is actually being sold. It's actually just the metadata that is actually being sold. It's the, it's the token because... NFTs are actually tokens. They are non-fungible tokens. So it's that token that is actually being sold, not you know the meme itself. No, because the meme is available everywhere. I can easily download it off YouTube, go to any website mm-hmm. and download it. But it's actually that metadata, and the metadata you know contains a lot of information about the original owner, you know the creator, you know a lot of technical details, and that's what's really what's really valuable. So it's like a car now. The car has papers, yep. right? If you want to sell it, mm-hmm. you have to sell it with the papers. So, so with NFTs, it's not really the car you are selling. You actually selling, you actually selling the papers. You the know, papers. Uh, of the, the, the papers car. which so prove ownership of the car. Exactly, exactly. So it's actually so the proof of ownership that is actually mm-hmm. being sold when you know when it comes to to NFTs. So what that means is that so like in in case of the coffin dancers. Right. Is there anybody that doesn't, doesn't know about the coffin dancers anyway? <laughs> I don't sure think so. <laughs> it was <laughs> a global <laughs> sensation. Yeah. It was exactly. viral. So, like so while everybody has it on their phone, on YouTube, is everywhere, people still use it as a meme and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? What is happening is the guys who were behind that meme, or the, I'm assuming the guys in the video that were carrying the yeah. coffins, or somebody yeah. that was behind that, 
um, yes. created an NFT attached to that yeah. meme, right? Exactly, exactly. Something and what like happens that. is with with the metadata also the metadata also has you know information of who the original owner is so it has that like it's like it's like the the like i used the uh car analogy before it has that part that section that shows that okay let's say um emmanuel created this this car it has that part that said okay this is the car created by emmanuel at so 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 point in time you know and information like that so it's it's possible for someone else to just go on OpenSea, Rarible, or any other NFT marketplace and be like, okay, say they sold it for one point something million dollars. Let me to have it on my phone now. Let me post it on Rarible and try to sell it. But then it's easy to know that okay, this is not the original one because it doesn't contain that same information. And what okay. makes you know blockchain really interesting is you can't really duplicate that information. It there's it, there can be two of it. So it's mm. either it's the original one or it's not the original one. So, so it's, good it's, question. it's a really interesting one. So these people sold uh, again how much again? Uh one point zero four seven million dollars. So they sold it to somebody or a group of people I'm guessing that's so okay, what yeah, happens so now? So they are the owners. Oh they're no longer the owners. Is that what is that what I mean? They've sold ownership of the NFT attached okay, to, so to somebody else? Yeah, the thing about NFTs again is um, I think there also needs to be a lot of, you know, uh, you know, they need to include it in the whole entire copyright law, you know, kind of thing. But what we know so far is that, you know, when it comes to NFTs, like I said before, you are ma- mainly selling the metadata. But the copyright mm. itself, it's it's still the creator that has you know that that copyright it's still for example if you sell uh, michelangelo's painting you can't say this painting is now bolus painting simply because i bought it it's still michelangelo's painting but it's just that that painting that michelangelo made is now with me do you understand it now okay, i have now possession of it. can yes. i claim it back yeah it's still yours actually but no you can't claim it back except you want to buy it back but ah, it's see. still boldly written that it's your name, you are the owner, you created it. But so it's just giving me like street cred or something like that, like, oh, I'm the owner of that. Well, that's one way to look at it. But, you know, like I said, there's a lot of technicalities that still go behind this. And it also goes to show it, that, you know, NFTs, uh, a lot of regulation still needs to come into place and show, okay, uh, copyright laws, things like that, okay, um, who, 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 who can lay claim to this uh, particular work so it's still the same thing even with uh, physical paintings if Michelangelo makes a painting and he decides to sell that painting to someone it doesn't take away the fact that he is actually the creator of that painting you understand mm. but he has sold it mm. to someone he can't go to the person's house tomorrow and say uh, that painting I sold for you you know what I want it back he has to buy it back but it doesn't take away the fact that michelangelo created this painting i don't know if that clears if that clarifies things okay you know what i'm asking yeah um doing okay. our twitter space we hosted a while back mm. uh the one on nfts and web3 we can link to that yes. in the episode notes you can listen to the recording somebody somebody um shared an idea about okay how you know how the british and the western world uh, stole many african artifacts or uh, artwork and all that they are, they are now in the museums all over yeah although there's, there's a lot of talk about okay sent, re- returning all those things to africa and the someone mm. was like okay for future artwork and artifacts we create why can't we tokenize them make them nft so that even if they steal or cut away with these things 
we can still claim ownership. So I was just wondering how this will apply in that in that in that sense. Okay, yes, it does apply. I think when we are talking about the digital side of things, it can apply. It can still show that okay, um, this this particular work was created in Africa, owned by a particular African. I think at that level, we need to know who actually owns it, whose name is going to be on it. So even if it exchanges hands and it keeps going and going and going, it is sold and resold. The name of the original owner is still always there. So I think it applies when we are looking at the digital side of things. But I think uh, when it comes to artifacts of, you know, such sentimental value, I still mm. believe, you know, physical ownership, you know, still trumps, you know, NFTs yeah. and all that, you know. Something so created so by Africans should be in Africa, you know. Yeah. And people who want to see it should actually have to come down to Africa to see it. To see it. Because there's yep. even the whole aspect of, okay, who then claims this NFT? Is it the government? Is it exactly, the owner exactly. of the artwork? Yeah. Okay. So I guess NFTs are more suited for online, I'm guessing, online assets. Yes, pretty much, right. pretty much. Uh, I think that's just the, the, that's just the use case that we should dwell on for now. I think, but at times, mm. as as time goes on, exp- you know, especially with um, technologies, innovation comes in, and I don't know, we might see something interesting again in the next year or in a few years. Well, okay, so I like the idea. Um, of that. I think uh, I have a foolish question actually. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so yeah, uh, um, so the scenario Bolu gave about um, you not having to buy back his NFT and all of that, so. When he buys back the NFT, because I think from what I understand about NFTs, whenever um, an NFT is bought, part of the proceeds go, goes back to the owner. Am yes, I right? Yes, 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 yes. So and, uh, what happens? Okay, so he's buying back his NFT. So basically all the money is coming back to him. So what's the point? No, no, actually. <laughs> so that's that's not really how it works. So there's something um called smart contracts when we talk about nfts and i think that's also another ingenious invention or innovation that has come to uh, blockchain so the thing with smart contracts is you know uh for example that nft that um you know the uh coffin the coffin meme once it keeps exchanging and there's a particular percentage that still goes back to to the original owners it's called royalties so if they sell uh if someone has bought the nft now it's with that person if the person plans to resell again for say five million dollars the person will get um, the person will get his money back. He will get the five million dollars, but then a particular percentage still has to go back to the original owner, say ten percent. So the work of mm. smart contracts is they just do everything automatically. So it's not a, a a situation whereby um, the original owners have to call him and say, "Hey, guy, we heard you've said you sold this thing again. Please don't forget to send us our ten percent." No, it doesn't work like that. Smart contracts, oh. no, this thing has changed hands. So. Mm. It has changed hands, which means I need to send 10% to, to the original owner. Even if it changes hands 1 million times, that 10% will always go back to the original owner. So even if the original owner now says, I want to buy it back, he will buy it back, give the person the amount, but that 10% is still going to come back to him. It's not as if the whole entire amount is coming okay. back to him. So I think it's, it's, it's a really brilliant invention when you look at it. I like so the idea. Manu wanted to ask something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want us to. Uh, there's one tricky part to this whole 
nft thing that still doesn't sit right with me for instance a painter an actual painter paints something beautiful i can okay. go there and snap the painting and sell it as nft is that not is there not uh is that not just too tricky or is that not possible yes it is possible actually and we, we've actually seen cases of that uh, in recent times and and what makes it even interesting in that is that in those cases it wasn't even actually a physical painting it was just mm-hmm. someone who created a digital painting and probably doesn't know an, about nfts or wasn't willing to sell it as an nft but just shared it you know online with everyone and someone saw mm-hmm. that okay this person has not decided to sell it yet it's an original uh, it's not on, it's not on any NFT platform yet. It has not been tokenized. You know what? Let me just mm-hmm. take it, tokenize it, and sell it. And we saw a lot of that. And some people made a lot of money from that. And some of those artists started seeing their works and they heard that you know wow. I probably made something on my computer now and just posted it online, you know, for free for everyone, not planning to make any money off it. And then someone saw that because of that, okay, let me make some money off what I've created and. They started seeing their works, you know, selling for millions of dollars. Someone that has not made <laughs> oh my uh, one dollar on it. Is, is and someone else was. That's, that's my issue with it. It is actually. It is actually. So I think that, that that's like the dark side to, to NFTs. And at large, the entire crypto space, the blockchain space, you know, there's still a lot still needs to be done. You know, it's, it's a brilliant invention. It's really, you know, nice the way it works, but we still need to do a lot, a lot. And, and I think that's where regulate, regulators come in. That's yeah. why regulation is important. Yeah, yeah. It's very obvious that Bulu is very passionate about <laughs> the blockchain and NFTs. <laughs> so yes, yes. he wrote an article on nft 101 how to get into the space and, and do everything we'll link to that uh, we also have the twitter space you hosted uh, where that, that conversation came so we'll talk about that but then something you said very interesting about regulation um it ties into our blockchain summit that is coming um in may can you just quickly talk about that so people can oh yes 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 register. All right, so um, you know, we we said um, I know I just mentioned how a lot of people don't really know about the old NFT buzz, Web three buzz, you know, and things like that. And you know, we've decided to, you know, create an entire event, you know, that addresses you know all these issues. And you know, one one thing I really find special about this event is the fact that people can actually choose what they want to take away from this event, you know, and that and I think that's just. You know something brilliant that we've really brought to the table so with this event you know you'll be learning about web3 from you know some of the you know biggest you know web3 minds uh, out there on the continent outside the continent you know because it's a global thing you know that's what i've discovered about this space it's really not um you know we can look at how it affects africa you know how africa can harness you know some of the possibilities that it creates but you know we also want to look at it from a global perspective and let you know people that really know enough about it talk about it and then we learn share ideas and i think people who are willing to have a career in the blockchain space people who want to use uh blockchain you know such as nfts you know to push their careers push their creativity i think it will be really amazing for them to join they will learn a lot so i would advise you to you know just go on and register for that event because it's 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 going to be a big one and you know some of the biggest names will be there so the link is blockchain.techpoint.africa. We'll put the link in the episode notes. You don't want to miss that event. 
you learn everything there is to know about um, careers in Web3 and, and everything like Bolo had said. Okay, so l- l- let's go on to other stories because we're running out of time. Um, so l- let's zoom out. Okay, we, we, we've, let's zoom in closer to Africa and um, some telcos are making some moves or some telco related moves all across Af- Africa. You have, um, on the you have stories around that. Um, so, um, first in line for our telcos, we have MTN, MTN Nigeria. So, MTN Nigeria has recently gotten its final approval from CBN to act as a payment service bank. So, um, I think um, in November last year, we had news of MTN getting an approval in principle for a payment service bank, MTN mm-hmm. and... Um, I believe it was Etel, MTN and Etel, because um, yeah. Glow and iMobile already have their own PSB licenses. So uh, now MTN has the final approval. So basically, they can CBN can should I say cannot arbitrarily come and tell them that they are no longer PSBs? Is, is that can I say mm. that? It's yeah, the, but yeah, really get the license suspended. Yeah, they could get their licenses suspended, but they no longer have that probationary period that they had with the approval in principle. So, mm. basically, what does that mean for people that are going to use these PSBs? Because if you're wondering what PSBs are, PSBs are meant to be banks that serve the unbanked, basically. People in the local and rural areas. And mm-hmm. um, so, MTN getting a PSB license, that's huge. Getting the final approval, that's huge because MTN yeah. has like the largest market share of exactly. talk of communication um, subscribers, I believe. Yeah. So like obviously them getting share, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Wow. More. About yeah. that. So I, I, MTN oh, doing that <laughs> MTN <laughs> doing that is like is like should I say a huge win for financial inclusion? Although I don't think everybody here might agree with me. I think Emmanuel uh, might not agree with me. I, I, I'm <laughs> pretty sure Emmanuel <laughs> will not agree with you. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, before Emmanuel says why he doesn't agree, I agree because you know it took quite a while for 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 a long while why mobile money never picked up in Nigeria was because the CBN did not allow it to be telco led, right? Mm. So it used to be it was all bank led. I mean, when you look at Kenya and Safaricom and Mpesa, because it was a telco that led the, the uh, mobile money. Um, let me know for lack of a better term revolution right <laughs> uh, and more there no more people had smartphones than had bank accounts and whatnot that's why it's you know yeah. put on. but for a while the cbn was not willing to do that it was kind of like the, the impression was that it was protecting the banks so it didn't allow telecoms like mtn and all of them to have um license mobile money license they had to partner yeah. with banks and so because of that it never really picked up because those banks did not have the kind of penetration and the mm. numbers that it takes had MTN alone mm-hmm. has more customers than all. <laughs> I think I believe all the cost of yeah. setting up in those areas is going to <laughs> yeah, be higher exactly. than what MTN is going to exactly. spend. So, but the question that is, which I'm guessing Emmanuel is going to, but our allowing talk is that has it come a little too late? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's. Let me just jump from there because um, we've seen the explosion of other mobile money providers. Right, we are seeing a lot of saturation in the fintech space uh to let's be let's be frank a lot of fintech companies are actually trying to offer one of these services or the other but my own concern is that the psbs are actually limited in what they can offer compared to say an impressor in kenya so mm. even though 
the CBN has said, oh, you guys can finally operate a PSB. The the breadth of offering they can actually they can't give out loans. They can't. Uh, hmm. Oh, they can't give out they loans. They can't yeah, give out loans. Yeah, that's actually part of. How about insurance? They can't, they can't I give out insurance. So. A lot of things. So, are so what's the whole thing? Exactly? It's just <laughs> payments. They're just saturating the payment space uh, even more. Of course, MTN is going to try and dominate. They can't even do remittances, I think. No, they can't do remittances. Yeah. So what's now the point? Uh, that's yeah, well, that's they, why they, they, there's still the penetration angle where so many rural places where the banks. Ah, but yeah. then again, banks. Union Bank and Face Bank. Their kind of their, their network is so huge. It's but then huge. again, you still. I mean, you. You still find out that okay, maybe you go to a certain remote place and then there's just one first bank and then you have to travel like an hour to get to the first bank or you know bank branch. So mm. even though they have yeah. presence in all these places, they don't have the kind of reach that the telecoms guys have. So I maybe there's still there's still something. Maybe, there, yeah, there's hope, right? And I actually think if MTN if MTN execution is actually spot on, they can blow everyone out of the market because they have that mass massive yeah. market that they can just leverage on. But one on that one thing is okay, they have the technology, they have the reach, but it's there's a cultural angle to things, right? Would people be willing to accept it, mobile money as a form of mm. payment? Uh, they are not used to it, right? It would take some time to generate adoption, but. From the from MTN's report, though, I think they are already turning in massive numbers. I think that's something we should look into. They're okay. Turning massive numbers already in the fintech, their fintech uh, play. In their fintech, yeah. So yeah. yeah, maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe some like this. Yeah, no, no, go on, Bulu. Yeah, and I also think you know MTN still has some some tricks up their sleeves. You know when you consider. You know, they are moved to look more like a tech, tech company more than just a telco. So they could, they could yeah, really, yeah. you know, yeah. have, have a lot of things coming, you know, you know, with the entire PSB thing coming through for them and them wanting to seem, you know, to start looking more like a flutter wave than, <laughs> you know, than a telecommunications <laughs> yeah, company. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. That's why they redesigned their logo and all yes, of that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let, let's see what happens. Even if MTN is successful, I think it's still going to be a problem. I mean, uh, in innovation in the fintech space in Nigeria, if MTN dominates the market, even the regulators themselves will start coming for MTN once again. We are seeing that in Ghana, where MTN dominates the mobile money space. We are hmm. seeing that in Kenya with Safaricom and Mpesa. They want to split both. They were planning to split both companies so that Mpesa will be yeah. standalone and Safaricom. Yeah, standalone. yeah, I remember that. So, mm-hmm. if if even if MTN is successful, the regulators are going to come back to this table again. They'll become too big, so, right? Yes, they become so big. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> and they're and well, they're already they're already very like big MTN. as it is. Already <laughs> to okay, already very big. Yeah, they're already very big. We'll, we'll see well, I'm rooting for MTN actually, so hopefully everything okay. turns out well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the other telco story. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, so in other telco news, so Econet, Econet is the home of. I mean, Zimbabwe is the home of Econet, really. And um, so Econet has recently introduced the Smart Dollar Years bundles in Zimbabwe that allows people to buy airtime data sms products with dollar that is with the us dollar so okay. a bit of backstory zimbabwe has a problem with hyperinflation so 
let's paint a scenario say you go to buy bread today in the morning at say 8 a.m and you bought it for two dollars and in the afternoon a colleague of yours says okay he's hungry he wants to go get bread again and he goes to the market and when he mm-hmm. gets there instead of two dollars he gets it for fifteen dollars wow in the evening mm. you go to the market again you're going home mm-hmm. you want to get tea um, you want to get you want to get bread for tea tomorrow morning, and you get to the market and it's hundred dollars now. So from two dollars to fifteen to hundred dollars. So that's basically how hyperinflation works. Prices keep going higher and higher without without any should I say any stopping within a period hmm. of time. So basically, that's the problem Zimbabwe has had since like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. They, at a point, they had about inflation was like seventy nine point six billion percent month on wow. month. So, <laughs> like, it <laughs> was crazy. Like really month crazy. Month, There's that you had to year. stop using the Zimbabwean wow. dollars. Month, month, year on year, it got to a trillion percent. That was that bad. <laughs> like yeah. I was, it was that bad. It was so so <laughs> bad. So. It, it got to a point they couldn't use they couldn't even use like the Zimbabwean dollars. So you can actually use the Zimbabwean dollars to buy stuff, but it's not really a good unit of value. So they had hmm. to introduce the US dollars, in, introduce the Rand. I think they even introduced the Chinese yen or yuan or how is it pronounced at some hmm. point to help with their economic stuff. So now the idea for Econet doing this is that okay, you can't buy airtime and data in Zimbabwean dollars because when you buy when you want to buy in Zimbabwean dollars you have to exchange it for dollars so that you can actually buy um airtime exchange rates is crazy you are doing black market rates you are not doing offshore rates because offshore rates are pretty much non-existent mm-hmm. so you have to do all of that change all change the money and before you get your before you get your data, your airtime or data. So instead of doing all those stress, going through all those rigmarole and all of that, why not just buy data and airtime with dollars straight up? You don't have to start doing exchange rates ish. So basically, that is what Econet is doing. How did they source for dollars? That, that, that so is assuming that the citizens have dollars. So yeah, that's that is that is the assumption. So basically, citizens have the US dollars already. Because most ah. citizens already use US dollars because that is like the that is their official that's what their um, economy is pegged to. Their economy is pegged to the dollar. It's no longer pegged to their Zimbabwean mm. dollar anymore because it's pretty much. Crap. I can't believe this thing has been going on for so long. I, like as far back as I remember, like still a thing. Hyperinflation. It's so <laughs> bad. Like crazy. Yeah, they did so many crazy memes. things to actually no. solve the problem, but. <laughs> they did so many things to solve the problem, but it didn't work, and it's still wow. like I think it's supposed so to increase. Well, I think it's supposed to increase this year, also inflation. Mm. So there's a so lot. So this is just telcos trying to salvage the situation and, and whatnot. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish this is going to also <laughs> help Econet with um, investment. So getting dollars will help them invest in the company and. Yes. Yeah improve yeah I, I, I'm, I'm even wondering how they are doing business there right now like <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. i wonder how anyone is doing business there <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i, I also yeah, heard that tourists yeah i heard that um, um zimbabwe is looking to maybe legalize stable coins uh, I, i'm not sure how, how true that is 
But I think mm. that that could that could work for them because it's easier to get respect to the dollar. I mean, I mean, it it will be a good experiment. That could yeah. really that help. Actually, that actually makes a lot of sense because currently another thing that is helping is that the fact that they moved a lot of things to digital transactions. Oh, so okay. instead, because there's limited cash available, there's no lo- there's no a lot of cash in circulation. So. Mm. Instead of having to carry cash around, just do digital transactions, do transactions online, and voila. Even if you can't see your cash, but at least your your transaction goes seamlessly. Uh, well, I wish them. I mean, innovation in this tech innovation is probably one of the only ways that they can really get out of this. Of mm-hmm. course, there's some economic innovation. That I'm not an economist, but the I'm not an economist, but I'm sure there are many things they have to do. But I guess can really help them I, I like the idea of the stable coins yeah it could it might help i wish them the best i wish them the best <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go to south africa uh where didi the chinese ride dealing company is living like just barely a year after it's it's expanded it to south africa which um if i'm not mistaken mistaken is their only south african country that they're active in uh the, the, the second african country actually um they've been in egypt Second. Uh, okay yes they've been in egypt and they also yeah. launched in mm-hmm. south no africa surprises, egypt. yeah so um this the story mm. is this that they are leaving south africa according to the statement that um they want to try and focus on more promising markets so and one of those promising markets in question is egypt mm. which i just mentioned and uh yeah so just for some background information dd is like one of the biggest ride healing companies in the world they're not as much in the news like uber and uh, boats and whatever but they are actually the chinese the chinese mm. ride healing company that the biggest in china and uh, they were founded by ex uh, alibaba yeah. employees so uh they're in china i think the strategy has actually been to focus on emerging markets like china brazil mexico australia they've i think they've not really tried to go to the western world like uh, us canada uk all these places they focus more on uh emerging markets and uh, they launched in south africa last year but somehow some i, I don't think it has worked out and uh, in south africa right now there are some agitations by taxi drivers on uh unfair practices unfair policies and uh, of course the ride dealing companies as usual are maintaining the stance that oh you guys are not employees you guys are contractors so yeah i remember uk mm. had that uh, debate a few years ago with yeah. uh, uber so was it in the uk that there was a court case or in the us yes. that there was a court case a groundbreaking court case that defined uber drivers as workers yeah it was in the uk i think it was the uk or the, yes. the uk yeah yeah um in, in 2021 uh they had to reclassify uk uh, uber drivers as workers yeah that was actually crazy and interesting but it called a lot of things about uber's business model into question so for didi didi actually thought they could actually uh bring heightened competition into the right healing market in south africa the uber is there already both is there so they came uh uber has been expanding rapidly in south africa but it didn't seem like Didi could keep up. But uh, I don't think the whole issue is just reflective on South Africa alone. Um, Didi has been experiencing issues even back home in China. 
they tried they listed in the US stock exchange but they had to delist because uh, China had to tighten its regulations so they had to now go back hmm. to Hong Kong to <laughs> list on the China yeah so they had to delist from the US stock exchange they go back to China try to list on the Chinese stock exchange but that also fell through uh, about a month ago so they've been experiencing issues and i think they're just trying to sit back and go back to the drawing board to restructurize yeah. so yeah that's i, I always uh, find it interesting that that uh, uh, you know so didi like you said they're like the big one of the biggest in the world probably after yeah. did you say after, after uber? uber yes yeah, after the biggest uber. After. so you know uber was in china and didi chased uber out of china it had mm-hmm. it had some government backing if i'm not mistaken yeah it has some you know china is very protective of its own homegrown solutions and whatnot so just like how google is not legal in china facebook google twitter are not all accessible in china except via vpn um Mm -hmm. uber came to china and then you know china is a very big market i think uber was in like 40 cities 40 cities but they were still like a small I can't remember the exact figure. Um, you, you have to confirm that. But I believe they were in 40 cities mm. and they still consider like a small <laughs> fish compared to Didi that was in like hundreds of cities. And then eventually mm. Uber had to be acquired by Didi in China. Right? So, wow. so that's how Uber left China. So it's always interesting when I see Chinese um, uh, products and all trying to expand globally but then protecting um external influence influence from china is always very interesting it's always um mm-hmm. i like the way they do their things otherwise i'm just like uh guys <laughs> because i don't know mm-hmm. so it's just always funny so now that they're complaining about what's going on in south africa and living i'm just like uh okay, uh, okay. Is it, i don't know <laughs> i'm really careful yeah, about so my words but you <laughs> get what i'm trying to say <laughs> uh yeah i get it i get it i mean they've they are actually very, very, very strict with any foreigner coming to do business in China. So, yeah, I guess naturally they should actually expect a bit of hostility when they are expanding to other markets. <laughs> but and I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah this is just my own opinion. Uh, I mean, look at what happened with Huawei in the US. Yeah, during in the US, era, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they banned, uh, and anybody, everybody with a Huawei phone now, like, they can't access Google products and whatnot. Yeah. And it's interesting, okay, you can't access Google products in China, but Huawei in the US had Google products until it was banned. Mm. Like, it's, it's always interesting. Is, is it the same thing with TikTok? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Mark Zuckerberg was trying to um, get everybody, like, trying to get the US government, and he was trying to, like, uh, what's the word now? Uh, should I say gather emotional support? You know, <laughs> there was a speech that was leaked, leaked quote-unquote, during the town hall he had with his staff, but I, I feel the purposely where he was talking about how TikTok is not it's not good for the US, um, it has Chinese influence, you know, trying to like um, trying to engender patriotic feeling and all mm. of that. And I was just laughing when, when I was listening to that <laughs> uh, that speech and all of that. So even Mark Zuckerberg is, is just not he's not happy with uh, TikTok's influence and how it's spreading all over the world. Not yeah, just because it's, it's not uh, surprising that he's not. Yeah, I but mean, exactly. Of in course, the last I mean, Instagram is taking yeah. a lot of Instagram's uh, food from the table, but it took it came from the angle of oh U.S. patriotism and all of that, and it was just so funny mm. to me. So everything <laughs> in the end is all about, and I'm just where's Africa in all of this? Wh- which one are we fighting for? <laughs> uh, which which uh, is it? Uh, what's crow, that? Crow, 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 crow,
<laughs> no, but <laughs> I think there's already link companies yeah, that I mean, they launched. Uh, politics. Uh, which was the model uh, last grant yeah. or something? The by the Lagos State government they introduced. Oh, last grant, the Lagos State one. Yes. Uh, has anybody used it? Uh, Do you know anybody that has used it? Uh, I've seen you the cars it? on Ted Milan Bridge. No, no, I don't even know where the app is. <laughs> I've, I've seen the cars on okay, Ted Milan Bridge on my phone. Actually, review that service. Hmm. Hmm. Someone should download the okay. app and try to take a ride. I hope okay. Lego, someone from Lego State is not listening and then not our name. <laughs> we, we use a fake name <laughs> to book a ride. <laughs> like, it's interesting. Anyway, China. It's always interesting to see, you know. Uh, China and all the politics and the US and same thing happened with 5G and all of that. Let's not yeah. go into all the political talk anyway. So interesting <laughs> stuff. It's, we'll put it's crazy. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, I said it's really yeah. crazy because what they did to Uber in China, it's they w- they blocked Uber from WeChat. That's like Google hiding you from search results. Exactly. And, and so like they, nobody they will see Uber you. out of China. <laughs> yeah, WeChat is like their Google. Either. Like they use it for everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I just start to wonder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, to say something. Sorry, we'll keep to- If we're talking out of tone and you're wondering, it's because we are recording this remotely. So we're not in the same room. <laughs> we're doing yeah, everything we can to bring you the podcast. <laughs> I was just going to say that I think WeChat is like a combination of Google, Facebook, yeah, Paystack, it's anything. It's everything. Really. It's, it's, it's the internet. It is the internet in China. That's what it is. They used to pay for f- pay for your food, pay for tickets, event tickets, everything. Mm-hmm. Pay for bills, for pay for... In fact, you use it to pay for even to, co- to cut your hair, to do whatever. Wow. Anything it's you want everything. to do. It's everything. It's crazy. <laughs> it's everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have people trying to do that in, in Nigeria. Uh, they are taking steps towards it. There's a go, go, Gozem, what's it called? Is it Gozem? Am I pronouncing yeah, it correctly? Gozem. Yeah, yeah. And then GIG is also trying to go towards all that super app thing. Uh, but so many, none of them has reached like even one quarter of the level of what WeChat is. Uh, so, so OP tried. So, yeah. Oh, everything. OP tried. And uh, yeah, oh, everything. There was oh, everything. <laughs> okay. Interesting stuff. Okay, so le- we'd like to hear what you guys think about everything we've talked about today. NFTs, minting NFTs. Don't forget to register to attend our events. Uh, we'll put links to everything we've talked about. Links to uh, our um, NFT guide, how to get into NFTs. The Twitter space we did also, Web3, how to register for our events. All the new, all the stories about the telcos and everything related. And then DD in China and, and, and all of that. We'll put a, lot of a link to all of that in the episode notes in the description wherever you are listening from. Um, again, if we we're speaking out of tone, it's because we're recording this remotely. We wanted to make sure we bring you the podcast. And we're reviewing our timing. So if you were looking out for this, either you saw it earlier than you expected or later than you expected, we are sorry. We are going to be releasing every morning, Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. When you wake up, just check for our podcast on Tuesday and Thursday morning. You will see it on your feed wherever you listen to podcasts. And where can they get the podcast if they are listening for the first time? Imano? Yeah, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, anywhere else you get your podcasts, basically. You can get it. Also. Yeah, literally anywhere. I use Podcast Addict and I get the podcast there. If I, that's, where I, yeah. that's where it shows up first. So I thank use you Spotify. For so. You use Spotify, yeah, perfect. So whichever one you use, it's we are there for you. We are available for you. Um, so thank you for listening. 
and we hope that you will catch us on Tuesday again. Uh, and goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.